What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of the Common Calvinist Podcast. I'm very excited to begin this podcast. We're starting our first series covering the Reformed Pastor by Richard Baxter. We're going to be going over the first section of chapter one. That's the oversight of ourselves and the nature of this oversight. So this book is written to pastors, to people who are preparing pastors for ministry, and to aspiring pastors. So although it's written to that specific group, this will be beneficial for anybody who is walking with Christ, who is doing discipleship as prescribed by the Bible, who's just living the Christian life. This will help you for your devotional life, for your piety, for your zeal, for the Lord. It'll help you to take care of yourself. It'll help you to take care of others, which is basically the two main ideas of this book is how are you taking care of yourself? How are you taking care of others? Are you feeding yourself? Are you feeding God's sheep? So this first section is broken down into five major headings, which I'm going to summarize briefly right now. The first point is to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. The second point is do not be content with a dull faith, but stir up zeal in your heart for God. Have a lively faith. The third point is not to set up stumbling blocks for others by your conduct and by your speech. The fourth point, which is similar to point three, is don't live in the sins you preach against. And the fifth point is to ask yourself, are you qualified for this weighty task of pastoring and overseeing the, the people who've been purchased by the blood of Christ? Because this isn't, this isn't something you walk into lightly. It's something that every aspiring pastor, every current pastor, and every person who's teaching a pastor should be asking. You should also be asking this of your own pastor, which hopefully you're at a healthy church. If your church is healthy, your pastor will definitely meet all these qualifications. Maybe not perfectly, but you should be examining your pastor. Is your pastor feeding the sheep? Is your pastor doing these things? And if your pastor is doing these things, then you should be encouraging your pastor for doing these things and thanking your pastor and you should be praying for your pastor that they will continue to be doing these things because this is a difficult walk and then you should also just be asking these things of yourself are you doing these things are you overseeing yourself well do you have a lively faith are you setting up stumbling blocks for other non-christians or for even weaker christians are you living against the things you're preaching against and are you qualified for what God has set up before you. And if you're not qualified, then you should be fixing that. You should be training yourself and overseeing yourself and having other people to oversee you. So to begin with the first point, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Or what Richard Baxter says, see that the work of saving grace be thoroughly wrought in your souls. Take heed to yourselves, lest you be void of that saving grace of God which you offer to others, and be strangers to the effectual working of that gospel which you preach. So basically, 
his whole point in this first major heading is that you need to actually be saved, which seems obvious. It seems very obvious, but it might not be. You may find yourself aspiring to ministry for all the wrong reasons, You, which would be like the mark of someone who's not saved. If you're not saved, you're not going to be pursuing the oversight for the right reasons. And you're essentially, what he says is you're, you're heaping judgment upon yourselves. It's a lot like Paul in the New Testament says that if you're taking the Lord's Supper without being legitimately washed in the blood of Christ, if you're not actually found in Christ, then what you're doing is you're heaping judgment upon yourself. Imagine spending your whole life preaching that people should repent of their sins and believe in Christ without doing that yourself. On that last day, finding yourself outside of Christ, saying, Lord, Lord, did we not preach your gospel? Did we not do good works? Did we not say good things? And the Lord saying that he hardly, he never knew you, less than hardly. Baxter says, it is a fearful thing to be an unsanctified professor, but much more to be an unsanctified preacher. Doth it not make you tremble when you open the Bible, lest you should there read the sentence of your own condemnation? When you pen your sermons, little do you think that you are drawing up indictments against your own souls. When you are arguing against sin, then you are aggravating your own. When you proclaim to the hearers the unsearchable riches of Christ and his grace, that you are publishing your own iniquity and rejecting them and your unhappiness in being destitute of them. He also says, if you speak of hell, you speak of your own inheritance. That's a harsh word, but it is a word that anyone aspiring to be a pastor or anyone who is a pastor needs to take heed of. And likewise, lay people, people who aren't overseeing the sheep, still need to examine their faith. Do you have genuine faith? Have you been regenerated by the Holy Spirit? Have you actually repented of your sins? Do you see sin the way that God sees sin? Have you been born again? Because otherwise, you could be evangelizing people 24-7. You could be calling people to repent of their sins and you're still outside of Christ. If anything, you're judging yourself more. You know these things. You have this head knowledge, but it's not affected your soul. <clears throat> then he said then it's it's sad it's just ironic he says oh what aggravated misery is this to perish in the midst of plenty to famish with the bread of life in your hands while we offer it to others and urge it to them that those ordinances of god should be the occasion of our delusion which are instituted to be the means of our conviction and salvation so it's, it's sad, it's ironic. You don't want to be this person who's been handing out the bread of life your entire life and you find that you've never eaten of it. He talks about being a doctor who still lives in sickness or being a man living in abject poverty handing out jewels all day. We don't want to find ourselves on that last day to still be starving and still to be debtors to sin while our whole lives we've been leading people to this well of insurmountable riches of forgiveness and the payment of our debts. 
It would just be sad if we did that to ourselves. So to apply that, if you're seeking to go into ministry, or even if you're just a Christian doing like normal ministry, you need to be examining yourself with fear and trembling. You don't want to get to that last day and find that the work of Christ hasn't been done in you, that you have been handing out this bread your whole life. You need to be praying that Christ would do a work if you find yourself having no work of Christ in your heart. The second point is to not be content with dull faith. So you've examined yourself, you see that you have faith. Don't be content with just having faith. You need to have zeal. Baxter says, Content not yourselves with being in a state of grace, but be also careful that your graces are kept in vigorous and lively exercise and that you preach to yourselves the sermons which you study before you preach them to others. There's a great book by Joe Thorne called Note to Self about this. But basically, what Baxter is saying is that you aren't just preaching to others. You need to have these truths alive in yourself, stirring yourself up. You need to be living in the ordinary means of grace. Like the first point, you don't want to be handing out rich sermons and you don't want to be praying for just others. You don't want to be baptizing people and administering the Lord's Supper. You don't just want to be overseeing the fellowship and discipleship of God's people. You want to be living in the Word. You want to be living in prayer. You want to be living in baptism. You want to be living constantly coming back to the Lord's Supper and examining yourself before that. You want to be baptized as a believer. And then you need to be living, getting discipled, and you need to live in fellowship with your fellow believers. You don't want your soul to run dry. And especially for those overseers of the flock is that you don't want to have this dead, dull faith where you aren't living in these things. You need to be energized to, take, to carry out this task that you've been given by God. You need to be overseeing yourself before you oversee others. You can't feed the sheep if you're not feeding yourself. It's a lot like on an airplane. If the, the masks fall down, the oxygen's low, you don't start putting on people's masks immediately who need help putting on their masks. First, you put on your own masks that you don't pass out so you don't fall away from the faith so that you actually can say you can you can go out and feed as many people as you possibly can you can put on as many masks as you can now the third point is to not set up stumbling blocks for others by your conduct baxter says take heed to yourselves lest your example contradict your doctrine and lest you lay such stumbling blocks before the blind as may be the occasion of their ruin so you don't you you need to be examining your actions you need to be praying that you would be sanctified to look more like Christ you need to be making sure that your words and your actions are in step with each other you want to make sure that you not only have this orthodoxy stored up in your brain but that you have orthopraxy and that you have good doxology coming from where for coming from your head knowledge and that these truths are stored in your heart <clears throat> so we need to 
watch our actions, make sure that we're living an upright life. And it's not like there's extra, like, rules for the pastor. It's just that the pastor is responsible for these people. How do you expect to oversee and call people to repentance if you're not living in repentance, if your life isn't marked by repentance, if you aren't living in holiness and striving for holiness? Do you really think that the sheep that you're feeding are going to be striving for holiness and living in repentance? Like, no, you have to be living out the things that you're preaching because it's not just for the people hearing it. It's for yourself. Just like chapter two, you are preaching to yourself first. You're calling yourself to repentance before you call the the flock to repentance. He said, um, Baxter says, what a difference was there between their pulpit speeches and their familiar discourse, that they were most impatient of barbarism, solecisms, and paralogisms, paralogisms in a sermon could easily tolerate them in their life and conversation. Like, what is, what is the, what are the people you're discipling and feeding going to think when you are preaching against drunkenness and idolatry but you're spending your whole life outside of the church doing those things you're spending your whole life in idolatry not in genuine zeal for the things of god and not in repentance and striving after being conformed to the image of god and like look it is a work of the spirit so be praying that the spirit would do this work in you and strive for it and live under the ordinary means of grace. Fill yourself with the word. Fill yourself with fill your life with prayer and fill fill your whole social circle with the people of God. You need to be living in fellowship with the church and studying your heart and you need to have people who are going to call you on your sins so that you aren't continuing to live in sinfulness. Now the fifth point, fourth point, excuse me, is not to live in the sins you preach against. Against. So, this is a lot like the last point, but I mean, if you are living in the sins you're preaching against, it's like I said with the first point, is that you're you're judging yourself. It's you have the law, you know the law, you know the word of God, but you're living in contradiction to it so if anything you're heaping contradiction you're heaping condemnation down on your head baxter says take heed to yourselves lest you live in those sins which you preach against in others and lest you be guilty that which daily you condemn will you make it your work to magnify god and when you have done dishonor him as much as others will you proclaim christ's governing power and yet contemn it and rebel yourselves. So, again, like the third point, you're setting up stumbling blocks for others, but you're also, it's it's hypocrisy. It's what the, the Pharisees were doing. And it may sound pharisaical to say, oh, you need to be examining yourself and striving for holiness, but it's only pharisaical if you're not doing it yourself. So the person you're calling to do this, the person the Baxter is calling to do this, ought to be living 
like a holy life or striving to live a holy life and when you're not you're living in repentance you're repenting and openly you're not hiding your sin it's not it's not oh preach against sin go home and sin in private no it's live openly repent of your sin strive for holiness and have people see Christ in your life more than they're even seeing yourself. And then the fifth point that Baxter lays out is, are you qualified? Baxter says, lastly, take heed to yourselves that you want not the qualifications necessary for your work. He must not be a babe in knowledge that will teach men all those mysterious things which must be known in order to salvation. Oh, what qualifications are necessary for a man who hath such a charge upon him as we have? How many difficulties in divinity to be solved? And these two about the fundamental principles of religion. How many obscure texts of scripture to be expounded? How many duties to be performed wherein ourselves and others may miscarry? So basically, you're handling scripture, which is complex. You're expositing it for your people, for your congregation that you're overseeing. You're walking people through these heavy deep truths you are overseeing the sheep of god and defending them from the arrows of satan you need to be exercised well in these truths you need to know the bible you need to know your way around scripture you need to know these truths and you need to have answers when people are going to come ask you because you're you're overseeing people they're going to ask you questions the sheep you feed will never grow if you aren't feeding yourself. I had a pastor who said that the, the people who are following you, the leadership will never exceed the standard that the leadership has laid down. And if anything, they'll be probably reaching just below that. Otherwise, I mean, they would be the leadership. The Baxter says... Oh, that men should dare by their laziness to quench the spirit and then pretend the spirit and then pretend the spirit for the doing of it. Oh, outrageous, shameful, and unnatural deed. God hath required us that we not be not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Such we must provoke our hearers to be, and such we must be ourselves. Oh, therefore, brethren, lose no time. Study and pray and confer and practice in these four ways your abilities must be increased take heed to yourself lest you are weak through your own negligence and lest you mar the work of god by your weakness so the whole entire work of pastoring can ultimately be summarized and you are feeding god's sheep Jesus said, if you love me, you will feed my sheep. How can you feed God's sheep if you aren't feeding yourself and living in the word and growing in Christ? Otherwise, I mean, you're, you're just not going to be fruitful. How are you going to teach truths that you don't know? How are you going to exposit scripture that you don't know that you aren't living in? And this is, <laughs> I hope, I'm taking this to heart myself, like... I aspire to be a pastor. I want to 
do well, not not for my own glory, hope, hopefully, but for God's glory. And if we're doing something for the glory of God, then we should do it well, and we should be equipped for it, and we should know what we're talking about. If we don't know orthodoxy deeply, we will never worship deeply. If we don't know who God is, we will never love him well. And if we aren't loving God well, then we'll never love his sheep well. If we aren't loving God's sheep well, then it's just evidence that we don't actually love the God who we call people to know. We, we equip ourselves, we examine ourselves before we go and do this work. We preach to ourselves before we preach to the flock. And ultimately, I mean, this isn't totally to... This book isn't totally trying to just tell people not to be pastors, but I mean, if you're going into ministry, you need to make sure that that's what God's calling you to do. Because although, yes, God is sovereign over everything, over every decision, God is sovereign over all of history, you're still responsible for how you take care of his sheep you're going to be held responsible on the last day for how you take care of god's sheep are you feeding them are you equipping them for life and godliness are you teaching them how to handle scripture by the way you're handling scripture we all just as christians need to be asking ourselves this we all have people we're overseeing all of us if you have kids you're overseeing your kids if you're a husband you are overseeing your wife. You're supposed to be washing her in the word. Ultimately, any oversight of others needs to be begun with oversight of self. Otherwise, you won't ever be able to oversee the people you're overseeing well. You won't be able to feed them. So we need to make sure we know scripture. We need to make sure we know the God that we're calling people to. We need to be careful with this work. So that was the first episode of the Common Calvinist Podcast. Thank you for bearing with me. I hope it wasn't too hard to get through. I hope I wasn't dull. (laughs) Um, Hopefully this will get more polished and I'll get better at this, but I I, uh, pray this was beneficial for you. I hope you'll come back for the next episode, which should be a culture episode. This week for school, I'm reading The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien, and that is what I'm planning on making the next episode about, which should be up again by next Thursday. Thanks so much. You can reach us on Facebook or Instagram at Common Calvinist. Our website is thecommoncalvinist.buzzsprout.com. If you have any questions you'd like me to cover, or just topics or advice you need, email me at commoncalvinist at gmail.com and I may feature your question on an episode. Again, thank you so much. I hope you'll follow, you'll leave a review, and you will oversee yourself.